Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Sometimes we, you know, we're trying to uh, get bold, but we're, we're, we're in fear, and so we can't operate in our boldness, or we're not, we're not getting to that point of feeling bold, or we're trying to figure out our purpose, but, you know, our purpose, uh, what, what God's calling you to do, uh, you need to be bold to do it, you know, and, and, and so I, I'm tr- going to connect these three things today about how your faith will help activate, it's going to turn on, activate, an action word, it's going to turn on your boldness and your boldness will push you to fulfill your purpose. Um, You know, many of you who have known me for a while, uh, well before, you know, I started speaking or or doing anything that I do in the ministry, you know, writing and anything like that, you know, I just traveled with Ted. And so, you know, I I was totally fulfilled and totally happy at the time. I was raising infants and and traveling on the road and uh, doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, keeping keeping the ministry going that way and and different things like that. But then the Lord um, was speaking to me one year and really trying to push me out of my comfort zone. And I had such a lie from the enemy because, you know, I always would, look at other uh, ministries and, you know, lot, lots of, uh, there's lots of women preachers out there and I, I would look at their big ministries and, and look at things that they were doing and I'd be like, how, how, how can I get to that point? Because I, I don't speak in front of people like that. Um, I don't hold a microphone. It completely freaked me out. And um, it's like I had boldness and strength in my own private time you know what i mean like i felt strong in the lord when i would read the bible by myself or pray or whatever in my own little bubble my own little cubby hole uh but to to get that out and to teach the way the what i teach and and the way i teach was like you know i was just like looking at a distance like I don't, I don't know if I could be that person. I don't know. And then another light that the enemy would come to me is I would always see this common denominator between a lot of uh, speakers. And a lot of it was there was always a tragedy that pushed them to be bold and then step out into their purpose that they're doing now, you know. And I was always questioning and I and you know the Lord helped me through this Ted really helped me through this and uh, I realized like I don't have to have some struggle story to activate my faith to push me into being bold to then get me to my purpose you know, then that was just a lie. The enemy is constantly lying to us. He's constantly telling you the opposite of God's word. And if we're not filled and we don't know what the Bible says about us, about our life, about what he has for us, about his promises, about his commands, we're not going to be able to, to, to step out because we aren't going to... Um, you know, do anything about it. So I, I thought, well, how, how can I do this, Lord? I don't have a story as a platform. That's not, I don't have a platform that way. I don't have this as a foundation. And um, <laughs> he really spoke to me because he said, you know, a testimony just isn't, you know, God saved you from something, right? It's also God kept me from something. I didn't have to go through heartache. I didn't have to go through tragedy. I didn't have to, um, you know, uh, have have a tragic thing, get raped as a, as a kid and this and that and, and, and all these things to understand God's love and be able to teach on God's love. I didn't have to uh, go through a, a cancer or some some terrible disease to, to now have a have a voice, to have a platform to just preach on on healing. And, and, and miracles, 
you know, so I realized that I'm praying for the Lord to keep me healthy. I, I thank the Lord that I walk in divine healing. I thank the Lord that he is my protector and that daily I have angels that keep me safe from harm, from accidents, from from people trying to hurt me. And that right there is a testimony in itself. So this is something that you're watching that you're thinking, you know, the Lord's asking me to do this and step out to here and and I I don't really know how. Uh, by the end of this broadcast, that is <laughs> that is what I am um, believing God's going to talk to you because really we don't have to have those things to step out in what God has for us as a purpose in life. We just need the word of God and to follow instruction to be willing and obedient. You'll what? Eat the good of the land. So we're going to eat the good of the land by keeping our focus on the word of God, being willing and obedient. And so I'm going to show you here. I went through the Bible on some uh, women that I really liked out of the Bible and going to show you different aspects of their situation. Uh, so we'll step into uh, uh, first. I'm going to read Colossians 1.10. Then we're going to step into faith. So Colossians 1.10 says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So the way, you know, replace you with I. The way I live is always going to honor and please the Lord. And that needs to be our number one focus. So how can we honor and please the Lord? All right. We're going to honor and please the Lord by our first point, which is faith. The Lord is pleased by our faith. The Lord pays attention when we operate in faith. It is a calling card to Jesus. Faith is a calling card to Jesus. It, we know many stories in the Bible where, you know, and I'm going to bring one up now, but where faith activated, right? It activated this woman. It activated her to a point of being bold. And so if you go over to Mark 5, I'm not going to, you know, read that story. But a lot of us know that story because um, it's a section that says Jesus heals in response to faith. And it was the woman with the issue of blood. So she activated her faith Right. So think of this woman. It's not that she just went and touched the hem of his garment. She was, um, you know, back back in the day, if you bled like that or you had any kind of like they called it like uncleanliness or yeah, uncleanliness. And you had that situation going. You were like outside of the camp like you weren't. There was no congregating with the people. There was no. Um, you know, being a part of society, you were shunned. You were seen as unclean and you are over there and we are over here. Like true segregation, like don't come over here. You are over there. Um, and so you have to think for 12 years, that's going to do like some mental damage to you, right? Everyone is looking at you like you're gross and something's wrong with you. You're not allowed to be around people. And so she had to make up in her mind that, listen, I hear that there's a man coming through this town who is able to heal diseases, who is able to make whole. And so she had to, one, activate her faith, rev that faith up, right? Okay, I believe, I hear about a man that's coming through town and I believe that he is somebody who can heal me. If what? I can just get to him. All right. So she had to make a bold move after she activated her faith. She had to make a bold move. Now she's fighting through the crowd where she's not wanted. Now she's getting stared at. Now she's getting, you know, talked about and whispered about. But all she knew is my faith is going to activate my boldness to get my miracle. 
to get my miracle. And so she got the Lord's attention with her faith. That's one thing we know from this story is her faith made the Lord stop. He felt that her faith pulled virtue right out of him. Enough, I mean, where, she, where he said, who touched me? You know, and you, he's walking through a crowd pressing against him. All right. So it wasn't like wide open spaces, you know, and it's all like lined up. And here's here's all the people and nicely in a line like they have a parades at Disney World roped off. And then here's the Lord just walking through. No, everybody's trying to get to the master. Everyone's touching. I'm sure they're kind of pushing him around and the disciples are leading him through the crowd. But it was the faith of the woman inactive. It was active. Her faith was active. Her faith was working in action. And she reached out and got her miracle, got her miracle. And so we're going to be women of faith like this. These two women that I'm talking about, we are going to operate like this in our last days. We're going to have this strength that's going to push through the crowds. We're going to have a strength that's going to uh, push down the lies of the enemy. We're going to have uh, strength in these last days to stand up to what isn't right, to stand up against the lies of the enemy and shove it back in their face, to shove it back and say, this isn't for me. I didn't order this. This isn't my promise. This isn't part of my covenant. Here you go. I'm not signing on delivery. And that's what we have to do. We don't, you know, things don't get delivered to my house. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sign my name to that. I don't know what it is. I didn't order anything, but I'll sign my name to it. No, a smart person will open a package and see if it belongs to them. And if it's something that's been sent your way, don't sign on delivery. Don't sign on delivery. Reject it and return it back to sender where it came from. And so this woman with the issue of blood, they criticized her. They went after her, but she didn't care. Her faith activated um, her faith activated her boldness. You know, she was stuck in an invisible prison. How many of you sometimes feel stuck? You're stuck in an invisible prison. Fear puts you in an invisible prison. She had society for 12 years telling her how gross she was and how much of an outsider she was that you will believe the lies of the enemy. You will believe the lies of the enemy and you get stuck in an invisible prison that you feel like you can't get out. You feel like you can't get out. And so um, she stepped out in faith and shut down disbelief in the lies and got her miracle, okay? It activated her boldness. Here's one of my favorite women in the Bible, the Shumanite woman found in 2 Kings 4. Another one I'm not gonna read, but giving you the references, because I want you to go back and read, because I want you to see for yourself the faith they had, the actions they took, and the boldness that got them to their purpose, that got them their miracle, that got them what they were believing in their breakthrough for. And so the Shumanite woman uh, is one of my favorites because I look at that uh, story as unstoppable faith. <coughs> Excuse me. Unstoppable faith for her. Okay, here's the setup. She's a wealthy woman. She made a, a room uh, for the prophet coming through. Uh, anytime he came in, Elisha, and anytime he came in, made a room for him. All right, so she honored the man of God. She honored the man of God. She knew the power that he had, and she honored it. Okay, so she wants a son, can't have a son, um, asks, tells the prophet, this is one thing I want. Okay, so she receives her miracle, gets her son. Her son is older now, working out in the field, working out in the field, and falls over in the heat and dies. Okay, she's like dumbfounded right now 
Um, what just happened? My miracle child is now gone. I, I went from receiving my miracle and now it's gone. So how many times has that happened to us? How many times do we receive something from the Lord and something happens to it? There's a death to your miracle. There's a death to what you received. And instead of putting a fight in our eyes, instead of activating our faith, which is going to push you into your boldness to stand up and be like, wait a second, I received something from the Lord. I'm not letting anybody talk me out of it. I'm not letting any devil come and steal and spoil the miracle that I have. And that's exactly what she did. She got a fight in her eyes and she said, hold up, hold on a second, hold on a second. I, I honor the man of God. I honor the anointing. I put a room in my home, represents a room for the anointing of God, okay? I asked for something from the Lord, got it, and now it's gone? No, 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 no. And that's what we have to do, ladies. We have to say, nope, I did this once before on a broadcast. We have to learn the word no. And hold on a second, because this is not what's going to happen. So what'd she do? She got a donkey and she said, I am going to get the prophet, bring him back. Put that boy in the house, lay him on the bed. I'm getting my son back. I'm getting my miracle. And a couple things along the way, a couple things along the way. She could have had her faith diminished. Why? Because one, her husband, her own husband was like, Mm, are you sure you're supposed to go? This isn't like the correct day to go and, you know, do anything churchy, right? How many times we hear that? This isn't the correct day to go. And, you know, th this, this is Tuesday. Why are there services? Revi you're going to a revival service, but it's Tuesday. I mean, like, that's not a Wednesday night. It's not a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. You know, we, there's no church days on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday or Saturday. You know, th this is the kind of stuff. And she said, oh, bye, Mary Beth. Love you. I'll talk to you later. Um, she said, no, I've got to go. You know, and, and right there and then we get lots of people that talk to us just like her husband. And they'll talk you out of your miracle. They'll tell you it's not the time. They'll tell you, you know, it's not for you. It's not God's will. And this is how we fall for these traps because we start thinking maybe what they're saying is true rather than saying, nope, nope. That's not what the word of God says. That's not what he promised me. His promises are yes and amen. And I'm going to get what he promised. And so what'd she do? She left and then she was stopped along the way. And one of my favorite things of her response is when she stopped and asked how she's doing, ladies, parents, moms that are listening, you have a child and they just died. Are you gonna be making sure your composure is kept like this lady? Are you gonna be making sure you're not, you know, woe is me and then you have to stop and tell everybody what the problem is? Because everybody you're telling is not gonna be on the same level of belief that you are. More than likely the people you're telling aren't. More than likely they're not. So you're gonna stop along the way. She's stopping along the way on the way to a miracle. You guys are stopping along the way and somebody's gonna ask you and you go and you have to tell everybody your business. You know, there are certain people to tell. Yeah, you know, many of you know, many of you know when Maddie was sick and I'm not gonna get into that testimony, but we didn't tell hardly anybody she was in the hospital. Very few, very, very few, only the ones we knew that we're gonna stand with us and see my baby girl healed and see her walk out of there with a miracle, not with medication, not with pumped it with a whole bunch of stuff from doctors, but a miracle. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. But there were only a few people we told along the way. You see, 
not everyone's going to be there for you. Everyone, you know, they're going to be gossip. They're going to be telling you, I don't know if God can heal. Are you sure? I think you just need to let him go. You know, she didn't need that. So her response was, instead of being a chatty Kathy about it, she said, it is well. It is well. And everyone didn't have to even question. They didn't know her son was dead. She just said, it is well. I'm off to get the prophet. And so um, when she did that, and so she got the prophet, brought him back. We know the story. He laid on him, breathed, and boom, he took a breath. Her son got up. Her faith in activation, her faith in activation called her to be bold. It caused her. It literally caused her to be bold and to stand up to naysayers to stand up to challenges along the way to get her miracle, to stand up to the lies of the enemy saying, are you sure it's God's will? Are you sure he wants to bless you? Are you sure he doesn't want to teach you a lesson right now? It makes you a better Christian. It makes you more humble, right? Like that's the like tone I hear when I hear that crap. It's that annoying, are you sure God's will is for you to live in prosperity? I think you shouldn't have so much stuff. There's people around you that are hurting, that need. You know what? The more I have, the more I can give to the people that are hurting and in need. If I have nothing, if I look like them, what can I do to help them? It's like such a stupid argument. What can I do to help the people that are in need and who are poor if I look like them? Who, why would they want to know my Jesus? Why would they want to know what I do and what I preach if I look like them? No, that doesn't even make sense. That's why when people come up to you and say, you know, you, are you sure? Do you need another pair of shoes? Well, no. God's met all my needs but he also cares about my wants. Matthew 6, 33. As long as I put the kingdom of God and I seek it first above everything else, which it is, God's got my heart. God has my heart. He has my stuff. Everything I, t I tell my kids every day and then when we pray at night, I say, thank you, Lord. Everything we have is from you. And if he says, give it, I will give every last item that I have in my house. I have learned to not attach to a thing. I've learned material things don't have me, but he knows I like them. He knows there's things I like while I'm here on earth. So shut those things down. Don't let anybody try to trip you up and tell you God doesn't want you blessed. God doesn't want you rich. God doesn't want you healed. God doesn't want you in joy and love, walking in peace and prosperity in all aspects, not just money. He wants you prosperous in every area of your life. So shut those lies down along the way. When you're after your miracle, you better put your blinders on like this lady did. You better put your earplugs in unless it's the word of God and the right doctrine. You know what? Don't apologize for the goodness of God. That's right, Susan. No guilt trips because you got your eye on the prize. You know where you're going. You know what you're after and you know what God's promised to you. And that's why you got to be um, like the Shumanite woman, full of faith full of the word, full knowing if I can just get to the master, just like the one with the issue of blood, if I can just get to Jesus. So you know what? As you're getting to Jesus, right? As you're growing your faith, as you're getting closer, as you're being in the presence of God, there will be little foxes that come. So you got to have your bat ready. You got to have your machete ready. <laughs> You got to have your gun ready. You got to have something ready to beat them away. Because just like this woman, the Shumanite woman, just like the woman with the issue of blood, as you're getting 
to the power, as you're getting to the source of what you need, there will be little, little things coming along your way. Try to steal it. Try to trip you up. But you know what? Your faith is going to activate you into boldness and you're going to swap things away. You're going to kick them away. You're going to punch them away. You're going to tell them, nope, sorry. Sorry that I'm violent, but it's just how I am inside. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just, towards, just towards the enemy. Just towards the enemy. I love people. I love people. Um, but you have to say it as well. She got a son as a gift. The Lord's not taking it back. Okay? The Lord wasn't taking him back. He actually brought him back because it was a gift. He's not here to trick you. He's not here to give you something good and then rip it out from under you. Okay? This isn't some kind of terrible act. He's a good, good heavenly father. Okay? Number two, that was just faith that I was talking about. How, and I was showing you how faith will help activate you into boldness. But now I'm going to talk about Esther. So for boldness... I started thinking of Esther, all right? We know Esther 4.14, such a famous verse for such a time as this. Um, you know, you, you are, you, we all are. We all, we all, you know, in Ephesians 3.16, we are all anointed to do hard things. We are. You know, not everything's a skip. Not everything's a breeze. But faith makes things a whole lot easier. Putting your total trust in your Heavenly Father makes things a whole lot easier. All right, so we have Esther here. We know the setup. She's a Jew. Um, the king has kicked out his other wife. She didn't want to come to a party. She got the boot. Um, more than the boot, she actually got her life ended. And so... They were serious back then. Marriages were very serious back then. <laughs> Not so much anymore. If more people were killed, <laughs> if more people were killed for doing wrong things in a marriage, marriages would probably be together <laughs> than they are now. But back then, they uh, were very strict, and so especially with the king. And so first queen, er, got it. Okay. And uh, so here we are. The king wants to find a new wife, Esther. They, they take Esther because the, the whole instruction is to take all the ladies from, uh, now the whole, the town just left my mind, uh, from that area. And so, uh, you know, this is it. Mordecai is her family. She's living with him. Maddie, is that his cousin, right? Uncle. Uncle. Mordecai saying Maddie helps me with my Bible, my Bible, my Bible stories. And, uh, and so here we go. We know the whole setup. She, uh, Haman is the king's right hand guy. He's mad that Mordecai will not bow down. He knows Mordecai is a uh, Jew. And so he deceives the king to make this order to take out all the Jews at a certain time. And the only person right now that can save the people, save her people, save the Jews is Esther. And um, so she presents a couple of dinners with the king. And, um, you know, she took a very bold move. Unless you were, uh, how do you get what podcast? This podcast, when, when the live is done, the podcast will go up on all the avenues of podcast listening and then you'll be able to hear it on whatever device you have. I hope that helps. That, that's your question. Um, and so you have uh, uh, Esther approaching the king uninvited, which meant death if the king didn't accept her when she came in. But this chick had great favor from the very beginning, from the very beginning she had great favor and so she prayed and felt like it was the right time went in uninvited to the king and um, his scepter that he has if you know he leaned it forward that that was okay for her to be in there so she was accepted she has these dinners she was able to uh, tell the king about 
Haman's thing and the trick and all this stuff didn't also end well for Haman. His head ended up on a stick out in the yard. And so <laughs> her boldness, so she had a choice. Is this decision worth dying for? Is it worth dying for? Having God's anointing on your life, having the anointing, this is why it's so, I mean, this is why one of the things, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, we talk about, it gives you boldness. It gives you the power to step out and boldly proclaim the word of the Lord. And so having God's anointing makes difficult tasks easier in our life. It, it makes difficult tasks easier. And so Jews were God's people. She had the favor of God on her life. And so she was able to do something hard to step out. I'm sure her heart was beating, beating. And so I always think of myself when I had to step out and do things God asked me to do. And I'm always used to, you know, text my husband or I would text Tiffany or someone and be like, you know, if nobody was clapping right now or singing songs, you would literally hear my heart beating <laughs> because being bold isn't always easy. Stepping out and doing something isn't always easy. But with God's anointing on your life, it makes difficult tasks easier, makes difficult tasks easier. Um, so that's the first thing. Number two, God's anointing makes the impossible possible. So in your business, in your marriages, with your kids, uh, with a decision that you have to make, with a, an, you know, a miracle that you need from God, God's anointing makes the impossible possible. And then he's called you to quickly carry out God ideas that he's asked you to do. Quickly. There's no time to wait. Being bold and activating your faith to boldness is going to cause you to quickly carry out what God needs you to do. There was no time. The time clock for the Jews was ticking. It was ticking and Esther could not have waited any longer than she did. Esther did not have the time to, you know, wait 14 days and read a self-help book on how to be bold. Nope. The anointing, the favor on her life quickened. It quickly made her work. There's stuff that God's asked you to do. There's stuff that God has called you to do. There's stuff that God has told you to write, told you to produce, told you to start, and you're not doing it. You're not doing it. You need to do it. You don't want God to move on to somebody else. When he asks of us to do something, and if we decide to twiddle our thumbs and take all this time to have our ducks lined up in a row and, you know, make sure we have this done and make sure we have this. I'm not throwing planning out the window completely, but when God says for you to do something, it's a boat, guys. It is a boat and the ship will sail if you don't do it. The ship will sail and move on to somebody else who's willing to step out in faith, to activate their boldness, to do it. So don't listen to what I just said. Kick the dirt and feel like you missed it. Ask God today, Lord, that burning desire that you put in my spirit a year ago and I haven't stepped out and do it. You know, I was just talking to a friend the other day who called me um, to one, thank me for some encouraging words. And um, also we had prayed with them and Ted uh, prophesied over them and said a particular amount was getting ready to come into their life and this and that. And so she called to, um, she called to tell me a testimony and a, a big, and I'm gonna have her do a video so we can share it, but a big miraculous testimony that God did for her and her family. And one thing she said, she goes, Carolyn, I'll never forget the words 
you told me because she said what got me to where I am right now was when you said when God tells you to do something you got to rip the band-aid off and just do it like it's not faith if you have everything lined up in perfect order and all the puzzle pieces are there no it's not faith is is stepping out now in the natural it looks like you're blindly stepping out but in the supernatural your supernatural eyes are working and that's what matters to operate in faith to receive the supernatural to open up into the supernatural and reach in and grab it you've got to look through your supernatural eyes you can't look through the natural because in the natural it's not going to make sense it's not going to make sense to other people and the thing is we can't let other people talk us out of it because they didn't hear what God spoke to you. Think about that for a second. God spoke a word to you, so they didn't hear it. So you have to step out on it and not listen to them, not listen to them talk you out of it, not talk yourself out of it. God spoke to you, and so you have to step out. Because listen, he has a work to be done. He has put gifts and talents in all of us. And he said, listen, I need you to do this. It's going to benefit you. It's going to raise you to the next level. You know, I, I, and, and so anyway, she said, listen, what you said, you said, just step out and do it. And there were some things this year that I stepped out and did that didn't make sense. My coworkers looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Um, you know, and different people were like, you're doing what? And so, uh, but the testimony that she got today, let's just say it would not have happened if she didn't just step out and do it. And I understand. It seems frightening. It truly does. But think about Esther. She had to have been frightened. But what she did rewrote history. Her boldness rewrote history, guys. Our boldness needs to rewrite history. Our boldness needs to shake this nation. Our boldness needs to win the loss to the kingdom by the masses. Because Jesus is coming back soon. He is coming back soon. And this is not a time to get in a lazy boy and write it out. This is a time to strap on the armor of God and to get ready to get everything that we can while we're here on earth. We're supposed to live like heaven on earth. Literally, we need to pull down heaven and live like it on earth. He doesn't just want you to wait until you get to heaven. Golly, like waste 90 years on earth living terribly just so I could wait till I get to heaven? No, what kind of mean trick is that? He wants you to live like heaven on earth now. So we need to activate our faith. That's going to push us into boldness. Her boldness rewrote history. It's time, guys, for us to rewrite history and shake this nation for God. She asked with the favor on her life, and her request was granted. You are now grafted into the kingdom of God. You are now a child of God. So guess what? You have favor on your life. Start asking and start stepping out. Start asking and start stepping out. All right? We have better promises with a better covenant. And so you need to think about, um, think about the things you could do with the favor on your life. You are a child of God, full of favor, full of wisdom. What are some things that God has asked you to step out and do that you have decided not to do or decided to be hesitant on? Like I said, there was, there was no hesitancy that Esther had a chance to do. It was like, I need to step out and do this. And when she did with her boldness, look what it did. Look what it did. It saved the Jews. It saved the Jews. All right. Um, let's see. All right. So purpose. The third one I'm going to wrap it up with is purpose. Your boldness now is going to push you into purpose. And so this other woman, 
that I'm going to bring up is found in Joshua 2. And her name is Rahab. And, you know, Rahab is known for some things that, you know, aren't lovely. She's, she's got uh, a name about her around town. <coughs> so sorry. She has a name about her around town. And she has a bad rap, okay? She's got a really bad rap. But uh, for purpose, I thought this was a great example because um, she acts on behalf. So here we have somebody else that act, acts on behalf of God's people and is transformed from a prostitute to a matriarch of faith, okay? And so actually, when I wind up here, Rahab, she actually operates in all, all three. She goes from faith to boldness to purpose because she's another one. She is another one that rewrote. I mean, if she didn't do what she did and, and become who she was and marry <laughs> who she did, you know, she's in, David's from the lineage of, of, of uh, Rahab. So she had to do something, uh, faith, boldness, step into her purpose in order for uh, some other major things in the Bible to be given to us. And so, you know, you can kind of look at her and be like, and we can look at ourselves like that, right? My, uh, someone with a lifestyle like that um, would, wouldn't, you know, the word purpose for Rahab, you think that doesn't make any sense. Somebody with a lifestyle like that, how would anyone have purpose in life? Nobody just wakes up and says, hey, this is what I want to be around town. Uh, no, there's no purpose in that. You actually probably feel pretty purposeless if that's your job around town. Um, and too messed up to be used by God. Other lies, you know, many of you watching, you could think, well, I've done too many things. God has no purpose. He can't use me at all. There, there's no purpose in, in, in me. I've been too abused. Um, I'm not capable of doing things. I'm not as good looking as her. I'm not as smart as her. Uh, I'm not as uh, educated as her. And we let the lies. They're all lies. They're all lies. When we become a new creature in Christ, that's a, that's a turning point in our life. That's not like, you know, a, a little deal. It's a big deal. When we ask Jesus into we're transformed, transformed. He comes into our life and transforms us into a new creature. Not, not uh, cleaned up, not bandaged, not, you know, broken pieces are sewed together and now we're a Christian. There's a reason it says a new creature. There's a difference when you go somewhere and you buy a computer that's new or refurbished, okay? One has been used, fixed, put for sale. One's brand new, right out of the factory, nothing wrong, nothing that's had to be tweaked, nothing anything like that. And that's what you are. When you become a Christian, you're brand spanking new. Old things are, are passed away. Old things, done. Bam, see a forgetfulness. So this is what the enemy does. He tries to bring up a past. He tries to tell you you're no good. Your current lifestyle, there's no purpose for you. God can't use you. Just be a human on earth. Pray that, you know, the rest of your life is okay. But other than that, God's going to go to so-and-so. She's never done anything wrong. She's never, you know, and that's, and that's what people think. They think God's only going to use the people that have never, you know, had a, a, a major mess up in life, which clearly isn't true. All these Bible characters are severely messed up. <laughs> they are, that most of them have been severely messed up. Bad childhoods, bad things happened, bad lifestyles, uh, you know, sinful actions, but God used them mightily. So if you haven't done anything major, awesome. God's going to use you mightily. If you've come from a, a rough past or a bad background or you're dealing with some things now, guess what? God still can use you. 
You just got to be a willing vessel that's wanting to be used, that is willing to be used, and willing to be a mouthpiece. He just needs you to be a mouthpiece and a good representation of the kingdom of God. And so in that moment, look what one moment of boldness and faith did that turned into her purpose. So she had the guys come in, the two spies, and, you know, she, she says, listen, I've heard about your God. Let's then go over to, to uh, Joshua real quick. I like that. Um, I like that part that she says. And now I can't. All right. She says, I like this part because it always gets. All right. Before the spies went to sleep, this is 2, 8 in Joshua, Rahab went up to the roof to talk to them. And it says, I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did in Shihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts melt, have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is supreme God of the heavens above the earth, uh, above and the earth below. So hearing how great their God has been was an eye-opener for her. This is a life-changing moment for her, hearing it. So she said, hmm, I've got two decisions to make. When those, um, the army knocks through and busts through my door, I'm sure with all lack of respect, especially for who she was in town, and uh, terrorizing her, and asking her, have you seen those two spies? Have you this, have that? There was a fork in the road moment for Rahab where she said, either I'm gonna tell and they're gonna go up and capture those two spies or here I am. I'm gonna step out in faith. I'm gonna, I heard about your God. I heard about how powerful it is and I want in on it. And I want in on it. There's always a fork in the road that we have to come to in life where there's a decision. Is this going to lead me down this path of life or is this going to be a turnaround moment? We all have chances for turnaround moments. Thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. Here is a turnaround moment and what she did and what she said to the spies because she said, listen, she says, now swear to me if I do this for you, I've heard about your God and I'm asking if I hide you out, this is what I want from you. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is con con conquered, you will let me live along with my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all their family. So she said, listen, I'm going to make this decision. And when I make this decision, I want my family covered. I want completely safe down the line here. And so, and that's exactly what happened. That moment of boldness changed, not only for Rahab, but for her immediate family and her extended family. What decision, what decision that you need to make or getting ready to make? Think about it. It's not only gonna benefit you, it's gonna benefit your husband, if you're a man watching your wife, it's going to benefit your kids. It's going to benefit uh, your, your parents. It's going to benefit your grandparents. Okay? The, what, what decision, what you're stepping out in in faith isn't just going to benefit you. It's people that are connected to you, your relatives, your friends. So, you know, when you make right decisions, when you step out in faith, it's not only just for you. It's not only just for you. So look at the three things. Faith. The thing she heard about God was so great, she made a life-altering decision and she wasn't turning back. 
that's for us today, ladies. We're going to make a life-altering, faith-filled decision. And we're not turning back from it. We're not going to second guess it. We're going to continue like the Shumanite woman on our path and say, it is well, it is well, it is well. Number two, boldness. She lied to the officers looking for the two spies, hid them, and then carried out their plans by leaving the scarlet rope. All that, another moment. Esther could have died. Rahab could have died. Okay? The woman with the issue of blood, if she didn't get healed because it said she spent all her money on the doctors and never got better. So she needed a miracle or she was going to die. Okay? Uh, and you never know when someone loses a child, it could put you in that state of, I want to die. And depression seeps in, fear seeps in, and... That makes you want to die. All those lies from the enemy makes you want to die. All right. So death, it could have been death for all of these women that I talked about, but they activated their faith. It then activated their boldness. And then look for purpose. Now Rahab sent the correct info back to Joshua, which helped him command his army and what? Move forward and then later he took over Jericho. That, that purpose, what she did, the purpose on her life, gave the correct um, information back to Joshua. And then, bam, they took over Jericho, totally went into a different direction for history again, rewrote history again. And so... I think, I look at Rahab and I say, hey, she's all three of those. The faith, the boldness, pushed her into her purpose. Because she was all three, I wrote down, she was transformed, okay? Transform, there's that word again. Transform from a disrespected, you don't have that kind of job and have respect. You're not a prostitute and you don't get respect. Okay, so she was transformed from disrespected in a pagan. Okay, this was a pagan land to being revered, to being set up, up in God's community. And because of her decision, because of her faith, because of her boldness that pushed her to her purpose, she made it to Christ's genealogy. She made it to Christ's genealogy instead of what she started out as she then transformed into something else. And that's what God has for us. When we get transformed, when we become Christians, it is time to look different, act different, talk different, walk different. Everything has to be different. Everything has to be different and constantly growing and constantly growing. In Psalm 57 too, it says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And also Psalm 138.8, the Lord would fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. So in Psalm 138, it says he will fulfill his purpose in me. Thank you, Lord, for each and every person listening on the broadcast today, on the replay of the podcast, that they will understand and learn to activate their great faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that we continually hear the words of your holy scriptures, Lord. That we continue to hear your promises, we continue to obey your commands, and step out in faith. By stepping out in faith, Lord, we're going to activate. We're going to put into action the boldness that you put inside of us. That we are filled with Numa, the breath of God. We're filled with the Holy Spirit that provides boldness in our lives. That provides us to step out and do the impossible. Because with you, Lord, it says 
All things are possible through Christ Jesus. All things. That's every topic, everything that we could think of. As simple as uh, preparing the best meal for our family, to stepping out in faith and starting a business, to receiving our miracle. We can do everything that you've called us to do, Lord. And thank you, by activating our boldness, we will step into our purpose. What you have for us. We are changing this nation. We are rewriting history. We are taking this evilness in this world and we're taking it by force. For the Bible says the violent take it by force. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We aren't going down without a fight and we're not going down at all because while we're here on earth, we have dominion, we have power, and we have authority. And we're going to walk in all of those. So Lord, anyone that you've spoken to today where you've given them an assignment, Lord, I pray that their faith is activated, that they step out in great faith, that they step out when they feel unsure, when they feel like they don't have it. You've called them to have it. You've deposited, Lord, gifts and talents into each and every one of us. Lord, we're not going to compare them. We're not going to look at others with envy and jealousy for what you've called me to do, what you've called Connie to do, what you've called Caitlin to do, what you've called Mike to do and Anne-Marie to do. It's all different, but it's all going to work together. It's all going to push the kingdom. It's all going to see the benefits by us focusing and staying in our lane, Lord, that whatever you've asked us to do, we're stepping out now in the mighty name of Jesus. We're stepping out now by faith to do it. So we will activate our faith. We will activate our boldness, Lord, and we're going to be pushed and we're going to walk in the purpose of life that you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Man, oh, it's 310. I didn't even realize that I went over a little bit. I got into it. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around with me. Thank you for spending your afternoon with me. Um, I pray that you are encouraged. I pray if uh, this is something that God has been speaking to you on, that you get strong into those three areas, that you get strong into them. Because once you really uh, get your faith activated, turn on and walking into it, and then your faith pushes you into boldness, stepping into your purpose is going to be so easy. Like those two things are like, you know, the fuel, the fire. You know, you got the faith, you got the boldness, boom, you're going to flow. You're going to walk right into the purpose that God has for you. Um, so uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And like I said, I won't be here on Friday. I'm going to be at a meeting, but I will be back next week. And I look forward to being with you. Thank you so much. I love you, Miss Bonnie. Um, and I hope to see you next time we're in Pennsylvania. And I love you, Kelly. I'll see you in Tampa uh, tomorrow or Friday. And um, I appreciate you. Miss Kelly was so sweet. She knows um, that I'm, I kind of complain about doing laundry or it's not my favorite thing. The, my favorite thing about laundry is the smell when it's done. I love warm, good smelling clothes, um, but I, I dislike folding. I won't say hate, that's such a strong word. I, I severely dislike um, folding and putting away. So she sent me money the other day and she said, <laughs> she cashed at me money and she said, um, here's some money to go have someone do your laundry. <laughs> I hired a bunch of laundry people and they came over. No, I'm just kidding, but I appreciate it, Kelly. You are the best. That blessed me. I woke up with that email and that's right, Kaylin. She says, I mean dislike. I loathe it, guys. I loathe it. I'm going to use a big word. Anyway, I'll see you guys um, around. I'll see you around. 
I'm only one DM away, guys. I'm only one DM away. I'll see you later. Bye.